Hey guys, welcome to this new edition of the New Life Community Church Podcast. I'm joined here today with Pastor Dennis, Sister Nathania, and my brother Austin. We're going to be deep diving into um, the second part of the Elevate Foundation series, and it's through the Word of God. few weeks we are going to be looking at foundation principles and this week we're looking at foundation through the word next week we're looking at foundation elevate foundation through prayer and then we'll be looking at elevate foundation through uh worship and i and i and i really and just to just to really set things in in, in motion here um god has uh, placed this upon our hearts um several weeks ago uh, regarding our foundation and really what we're going to be dealing with um, or, or what we're dealing with in America right now and, and, and what um, of, of the challenges that we may be facing over the next um, few weeks, a uh, few months, and, and uh, prefer, you know, frankly, the next few years. And, uh, you know, I said on, on, on Sunday, if we can't stand now, we're not going to be able to stand in, in the last days. And uh, the key to, to be able to stand, as we, we read um, a few weeks ago in Ephesians um, chapter six is our foundation because we have a faulty foundation. We're going to fall and we're going to fail. And and really, the 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 test of um, how we approach uh, the challenges and circumstances over the next um, uh, short short term is our foundation and how strong our foundation is. And and really. Um, what our found, what, where our, where is our foundation found in, and it starts out um, with the with the word of God, and I, I think that's that's a, a big principle. And I started out with reading Ephesians six seventeen, which we read about two weeks ago, but Paul uh, explains uh, put on on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we have to understand that our spiritual weapon is found. In the Word of God, you know, so many times we we want to lash out, we want to fight somebody, or we want to um, uh, uh, come at, uh, at somebody a certain way. And, and re- really, what it needs to be done is it needs to be done through the Word of, of God. Um, that's how we win the battle. You know, we, in 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 Ephesians chapter six, we also know that um, he talks about Paul talks about like the 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 armor and the armor that we put on. You know. The fight is just not defensively; it's also offensive. Uh, offensively, um, you know, we we do have to play the defense side, which is putting on our full armor of God. But when it comes down to um, uh, beating the the enemy, uh, uh, demolishing strongholds, um, uh, really taking it the fight back to Satan, then we need to bring in the offensive weapons, which is the sword of the spirit, which Paul describes in Ephesians six seventeen. And that, that, that's a big thing. You know, we, we know about the Word of God, and I, I shared some statistics on Sunday regarding the Bible. You know, the Bible's within 90% of households in America. That's, that's a high amount. I don't think anything is 90% um, uh, in households in America, um, in, in, in including, I would think, uh, probably internet, computer, which we find as leisures, and, and we think everybody has them, but I don't, I don't think that number is that high. And to think that, that a Bible's in 90% of the household with almost four billion copies sold in the last fifty years, um, that's great. But how many times is it sitting in our house, 
and, and I say our house, I, 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 me, I, us, you know, the listener's um, house, and it's not being utilized. You know, we all have that big old giant family Bible that's sitting somewhere. I remember growing up, we had a huge one. Of course, we utilized Bibles in the, in the household, but we had the one that sat on the coffee table uh, that was a fixture. And I think a, a lot of Bibles now in America are sitting on someone's coffee table as a fixture and not as a weapon. You know, I mean, you, you, you buy a, a gun, you buy a knife, you know, it might look cool, but you also have, have a use for it, you know, and, and, and that is to, to defend yourself. And, and that is, is, is the word of God in our lives is, is that defensive weapon. Um, games, we always say, you know, we all, all of us have played sports, and you have to have played a good defensive game. But it's not until uh, you are on the offensive side that um, that you win the game, you know. And I always think about, uh, you know, a chuckle um, at this. And we all know, you know, Mike D'Antoni from from Houston Rockets, and um, we always call him Mike, Mike No D'Antoni because he never plays defense. And he was the Laker coach a few years ago uh, during our frustrating seasons. And he didn't have a defensive philosophy. His offense was great. The Lakers would score 120 points, but the off, uh, uh, the the uh, the other opposition would score 140 points. You know, and and that's because you need both sides of the ball. You need the defense and you need the offense. It, it, it works together um, to defeat Satan, and that comes through the armor of God, the defense, and the word of God, which is the offense. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's true. You know, um, like you said, Ephesians six seventeen says it again, and I know you read it, but I'm read it again. And Paul says, "Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." You know, like you said, um, and I love the example that you use. Um, I remember at my at my great grandparents' place, they had a Bible on the coffee table that was a fixture mm-hmm. that you don't touch. You don't touch it. You don't look at it. You you better not go by it or spill anything on that coffee ta- table because <laughs> you're going to get whooped. Um, and, you know, that's what a lot of times we 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 don't understand. You know, you said it uh, a couple Sundays ago on your sermon on the armor of God, Elevate the Armor, that a lot of times we don't realize that this is God's armor. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we stop there. You know, sometimes we get it. As believers, we bel- we get that okay. This is God's armor, right? But sometimes we're so used to just having the armor that we're playing defense. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, D'Antoni, great offensive mindset. Those of you basketball knows, um, Harding can go off and give you sixty a night, but he's a liability on the defense. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that you know, as believers, we do. We read God's word. We know that he's going to protect us. We know that he's going to be there for us. So we're always playing defense. What good is, is, is having faith? What good is, is having the faith if we don't know how to use the weapon? Mm-hmm. You know, and the weapon is God's word. You see, when we finally realize that God, God's word is not only a book of promises, it's not only the history of how God used a chosen people to bless the whole world until we realize that there's power in the word of God. Amen. That's the only way that we can pick it up as a sword. You know, I heard a um, a quote that I I I I like to use, and um, it goes well with this. Is you know, um, we're gonna talk about this next week. Uh, next week, Nathaniel's gonna bring the word for that about prayer. But we learned that prayer is our way to talk to God. Well, the Bible is God's way way to 
speak to us. Yeah. And we, we realize that when he's speaking us through that, through his word, you know, it, it's powerful. It, it, it's a sword. You know, no matter what we're going through, you can read the same passage of scriptures three, four, five, a thousand times and still find new meaning to every situation in your life. You know, we have to remember that it's a spiritual weapon. You know, it's not like we are chucking it at people in the street, even though we might want to, you know, even though we might want to be like, well, this is God's word. I know, I know um, you just see it and see it a lot, but this is God's word. But we have to remember, like your point number one says that, you know, it's a spiritual weapon. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing as Christians that that we do lose. You know, yes, we have the physical Bible, but it's not supposed to be used in. I don't want to come out and say it wrong. It's like we're not. We use it in physical form, but it's not only in physical form. It's a spiritual weapon. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a good way of saying that is it's a physical, uh, we, we possess the Bible, right? But it, the results are done in the spiritual, you know, and, and so it's a, fi- it's a physical weapon as in we can, we, we have it, but it's, it's also, it's, it's, um, it's, it's accomplished in the spiritual, you know, yeah. and and uh, uh, something that we have to understand, like you touched on a minute ago, Austin, about um, it is, it's the word of God, you know, and, and sometimes we think about what the Bible, it's, what's the Bible? Oh, it's God's word, you know, and no one gets excited about that, and, and, and uh, it becomes almost cliche, and it comes redundant sometimes in our lives that, what's the Bible? What's the word of God? No, no, it's, it's the word of God, you know, it's, it's something that we can um, uh, uh come into and, and, and read and, and really it's, it's God's love story. It's his revelation. He reveals things through his word. And that revelation didn't stop when, when the, the authors um, uh, uh, were inspired by, by the word of God to, to write. They didn't stop there. It actually continues today because we see throughout the Bible, and, and just so you can read them on your own leisure, but Isaiah 55, 11, and Luke 1, 37, and Hebrews 4, 12, just to name a few, that, that the word doesn't return void, that, that, that no, no word from God will ever fail. You know, the, the, there's power in the word of God, and that's something that I think that, that I know, you know, I've, I've heard um, people say, you know, especially nowadays, like you, I'll, I'll go on, okay, I'll, I'll admit, I'll go on to a certain post or whatever, just to see the comments of what people are talking about, because then you get the real, true heart of what individuals are. Because if they feel that they can say something by being a, a keyboard war, a keyboard warrior, then at that point, that's coming from somewhere, and it's coming from deep in their heart. And so you can see people, and and, and I've I've seen people. You know, put different things. Um, you know, uh, remarking. Uh, you know, religion or the Christian faith, and they'll say like, "Oh, that's a fairy tale book," or you know, the Word of God doesn't exist, and you know, the Word of God is is fake and false, and uh, all these acquisitions against the Word of God. But in reality, the the world wants you to think that that that, that there is no power, um, and, and it's and it's one of Satan's uh, 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 schemes is to divide and conquer. If he can divide people and their philosophy of the word of God, and he can put doubt, can you remember, you got to remember the first sin was all because of doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Eve 
uh, 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 Satan put into Eve doubt that, that, that if she ate the apple, nothing would happen. If she ate the apple, um, uh, she would see like God. And, she, and, and, and so he sowed the seed of doubt, which turned into a seed of sin. And so many times we, we're, we're, we, we receive these seeds in our life that are doubt um, because of, of what the word of God is. The word of God is strong and it's powerful uh, just as it was when these events occurred and just as when it was put into to, uh, production. The word of God is still active and powerful in our lives. Yeah. Um, I know you suggested, you know, when people have time to go read it, but I really um, have been thinking about uh, the scripture that you mentioned, which is Isaiah fifty five eleven. And it says, in the same way, my word, oh, I, I send it out, and it will always produce food. It will, fruit. It will always accomplish what I want it to. Um, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. When we speak the word of God and we use it as a tool, when we use it as a weapon, it is effective. It is mighty. It is, it is for the tearing down of strongholds. Um, a lot of times people misuse the word of God as an attack on a person or an individual, or sometimes we see it in a in a marriage. You know, when when a couple uses the word of God against each other, and it's not meant for that, but it is meant so that um, as as we walk in truth, as we as we know the word of God, as we read the written word of God, then we can. Um, have that that solid foundation to stand and as we had read in in ephesians where it says keep standing because we then are our our feet are fitted we we know what the truth is and when we're coming against opposition um and then we're like you mentioned earlier we're fighting that battle we're on the defense but then because we're still standing we are in position to then take the offense and not be the punching bag and and really battle the the war that the enemy is trying to bring our way and then be victorious and have the upper hand on the enemy and then conquest the enemy through the word of God by the power of God because then the manifestation of the word of God is Jesus and Jesus is the one who goes before us and fights our battles so I mean, I know there's a lot more that we're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. as as this was coming forward, that's how I was like getting it. I'm like, okay, he's revving it up, and I'm gonna, you know, set it up for next week, and then, um, you know, set it up for the week after. But the word of God, it there's just so much there, and it's so powerful, and it's it is alive, and we lose the revelation of God in in just seeing it as a book. Yeah, you know, and you're right. Um, I, you know, and going back to, you know, when my brother was, um, preaching the other, the other day, you know, when he was talking about the foundations and about the castles, you know, when the cat, when they would build castles, they would build them on, um, on hills, right? And that's for, yes, a defensive purpose, but also for an offensive purpose. Because when they would, when the, when the people will, when the, not the opponents, but the enemy would try to, um, put their ladders up to climb over the walls, they would what, what would the pe- what would the soldiers do? They would kick over the ladders. They would shoot their arrows down, right? And that's a big strategic um, method back in that day. And we can look use that as Jesus used a, not a, a metaphor, mm-hmm. right? As for our foundation in Christ, because when 
when we have a strong foundation in Christ and we know his word, right? Or his, or we, can, we can say, yes, it's a sword or arrows, right? If we, we, have that ultimate, um, we have that ultimate defense, the ultimate offense against the enemy mm. so we can use it against him. Yeah, and, and it's knowing the, knowing the scriptures, to be able to quote the scriptures, to be able to be an effective warrior, to fight your battle. And um, I'm not sure if you were going to talk on this, but um, the the two significant Greek words, which is logo and then uh, rima, so logo being the written word of God, and then rima being the spoken word of God. Mm-hmm. But um, we did review John 1, 1, and it says, in the beginning was the word. I'm sorry, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed. So he being Jesus, mm-hmm. and the word being Jesus, mm-hmm. and he existed in the beginning with God. And this in itself, it, it's, it's talking about how when God spoke the word of creation into existence, and that is powerful and how those, um, well, I mean, logo being the written word of God, and yes, it's, it's the written word of God, but then Rima being able to speak the word of God, and those spoken words that go forth that are taken out of God's word, that we then translate it into like a physical notion and set it out into the atmosphere. I was sharing with um, the ladies here in the church after, after service that, and we were talking in the means of worship, but in the same way, there's so much rhetoric that's being spewed out from people's mouths on a daily basis. And all of that is just being sent out into, into the atmosphere. And it's doing nothing but causing chaos and mayhem. But if we, can, if we could start to really hone in on the word of God and start professing out the word of God, what a change and sending that out into the atmosphere, letting God's presence just completely overtake our world. What an impact that could have because the word of God is powerful. So it can overcome any other word that's been spoken mm-hmm. in place of what's been said and have a much larger impact because of what we're allowing God's word to do as we speak it, as we profess it, as we pray it. And it's Jesus himself going out before us. And, um, and, and, and I also, you know, was saying about, you know, just releasing your worship and everything, but, um, but, but that really is powerful. Too many times we paraphrase the Bible. Too many times there, there's people who, you know, believers and non-believers alike will use certain quote-unquote verses that aren't even verses in the Bible to, for their own self-benefit. But that's not, that's not what the Bible was created for. It, it, yeah, here we're talking about it as a weapon as far as, you know, fighting our battles, but as a foundation on our daily and li- life principles. But more importantly, so that we ourselves, and we've said it before, can be the disciples that God has called for the greater purpose of the kingdom of heaven. And it's the living word of God. Mm-hmm. It is. So it's life. It's not, the, not 
an ancient word of God or the dead word of God. It's the living word of God. And we have the, the living word of God at, at our disposal. You know, it's, it's amazing because, you know, we, we always read, or not always read, but I, I know I have, you know, read, you know, self-help books in terms of like, uh, you know, diets or, you know, working out or how to, you know, do whatever, you know, something better. And we always read these self-help books, but we refuse to, to open up the self-help book, and which is the word of God, because there's power there's life and death in, in the tongue, but but what can flow from the tongue? The word of God, you know. It's it's, uh, and, and God gives us His word. It's not like we have to go make our own word. God is saying, "Hey, this is my word," and 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 then He also gives us insight and wisdom of how to defeat the the enemy through His word. Yeah, and he's, that's that's powerful. He's given us the ability to speak the word of God. He's enabled us. We're already equipped. We just have to fulfill it just like Jesus did. And um, in in that piece where Jesus in Matthew 4, uh, verses 1 through 14, where he tells Satan, the scripture says, he quotes the scripture because only then. so, So Jesus used the word of God, which was logos, which is the written word of God, and then he spoke it as Rima for the effectiveness of sending the devil back to hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's powerful. What everyone is saying can be summed up in Hebrews 4, verse 12. I know Pastor referenced to it earlier, but I'm going to read it right now. At NLT, the a New Living Transversion, or trans, <laughs> Translation, and it's, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It expo- exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, like Nathaniel was saying, yes, we're, we're, we're talking about it as a spiritual weapon. Mm-hmm. But the only way this becomes a weapon not in our, well, in our lives and can be used is we have to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. You see, what Paul was explaining here, he said it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Yes, it is. It can be for attack, but it also is a tactical, a tactical move. Mm-hmm. He said it is so sharp and it's so precise that it cuts between bone and and marrow. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know, a sword, when you swing a sword and hit somebody, it just chops whatever you hit off, right? But it takes precision to cut and to slice between bone and marrow. I don't know if you guys have ever looked in anatomy books or you remember from seventh grade looking in the books. Bone and marrow is super thin. Mm-hmm. It's less than an inch that separates the bone from the marrow. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, it's, well, how how, how can God's, God's word, and like you guys were saying, we have to know how to use it. I know when me, me and Pastor and Nathaniel, when we were sitting down, we were just talking about, you know, the logos and the rhema. You see the logos and how, how, well, and how honestly beautiful it is. You know, the logos is the written word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, I, I know people personally who does, don't trust the Bible because it was written by man. You know, their whole thing was like, well, we can't trust the Bible because 
it, it was written by man. So they most more go off of what God re has revealed to them, mm. what God has has told them. And we see it a lot of, a lot in churches today where people will people will go off what God has told them and then they'll write down or God has experiences for me. We see it um, uh, most recently in our history in cults. Mm -hmm. You know, God gave me a message. God gave me this. Um, even in Christianity now, there's some churches where where the pastor, whatever he says, is the, is 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 above God's mm -hmm. word. It's Bible. It's <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's Bible. Mm -hmm. And. That's not what it is. You see, logos is the written word of God, mm -hmm. but logos came from the rhema. Mm -hmm. You see, when I always explain when people say, can we trust the Bible? Can we listen to it? Well, yes. You see, the Bible was written by hundreds, well, not hundreds, but a bunch of different people mm -hmm. over thousands and thousands of years, mm -hmm. all having a linear story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this wasn't from the rhema, which is the spoken word of God, if the spirit didn't reveal it to these these people, then how could how could it be, how could have it been made? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's more amazing to me because they didn't have books like we did. They had scrolls mm -hmm. and scrolls would, uh, were only located in Jerusalem mm -hmm. in, a, in a locked vault that was brought out during synagogues or during special occasions, during their, their religious holidays, if you guys look into it, to be read once in a while. It wasn't like you guys could go down to the library and they had a copy of all the scrolls. No, it was written over years and years and generations and generations. But what verse 12 and what we're talking about, like, yes, it is a spiritual weapon, but we have to know how to precisely use it. Mm -hmm. If you guys haven't noticed, we keep referencing Matthew chapter four because Jesus was the perfect. Per well, you know, he was the perfect person, but he used this perfectly. Not only did he know the words to combat Satan, because if you read that, Satan also knew the word of mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. He knew the word of God. He said um, he quoted from Psalms that if you throw yourself, um, the, um, if you throw yourself, the angels will catch you and not ca um, not let you hit your foot against a stone. Mm -hmm. The saint or Satan knows the word of God. Yeah. It might surprise a lot of us, but Satan knows the word of God. But we have to understand that we have to learn how to use it. Like you were saying, Pastor, you know, Satan twisted God's words to mm -hmm. eat. Mm -hmm. And because she didn't know how to use it and she didn't know the precise, she didn't have the power to stand firm in her foundation mm -hmm. on what God was saying. Mm -hmm. He didn't say you couldn't eat of any fruit. He said you couldn't eat from one specific, uh, specific fruit. Mm -hmm. And that's what Satan does. He knows the Bible. He was there when it was written. He was there through for, for, all, for all creation. So he knows what God has said. Mm -hmm. But when we learn how to use it precisely, when we learn how to combat Satan, that is when it becomes a spiritual weapon for ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's you know, in, in Matthew four, um, Satan comes at, at Jesus three different times, and I, and I and I love how how Jesus kind of like just smacks him, smacks him with the word, right? He he says in verse four, Jesus answered, "It is written." Then Jesus answered again in verse 7 and says, it is also written. And then he also says again in verse 10, um, uh, he says, away from me, Satan, for it is written. And so what he does is, is he's, this is the rhema in, in action. He's speaking the word of God, but he's bringing it back down to the logos, which is the written word of God. And, and, and just so Satan understands where it's coming from, Jesus even puts those words, it is written. Written, which means, hey, listen, I'm not just using 
any particular verbiage here. I am using the written word of God. You know, and I find that I find that interesting because um, uh, so many of us go to the battlefield uh, without the knowledge that we need uh, by the written word of God. And if Jesus needed the written word of God to defeat Satan, I mean, could he defeat Satan anyways? Yeah, of course, he's the son of God. But if Jesus needed to, to, to defeat Satan, and might I add, not only Satan, but temptation, the, the, the temptations there. So if, Satan, if Jesus needed um, the word of God to not only defeat Satan, but also to defeat temptation, why do we think we don't need the, the written word or the spoken word of God? You know, it's, it's, um, it, there's no such thing as, oh, I've read the Bible and I don't need to read it again. Or I've, you know, I, I know all about, you know, um, being a Christian, I don't need it to, to learn anymore. Uh, the, the Bible is constantly revealing different things in our lives and do, do, through different seasons. And if we're not in that word, we're not going to understand the logos or the rima, which we need both of them to understand the word. You don't understand the rima without the logos, and you can't understand the logos without the rima. They, they, they go hand in hand. Um, but if Jesus needed it to defeat Satan, what, what makes us think that we don't need it to defeat Satan? When we have the logos, the written word, when we read it, and like Jesus was saying, it is written. He knew the word was written. It's a living word. It's a word that we can go back to it time and time again. But when we speak it, and like Nathania says, was saying, when we fulfill the purpose of what the word was saying, that's when it comes alive. That's when it moves in our life. That's when it's powerful. Because like, 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 um, uh, like, where was it? Uh, Hebrews was saying, it's the living word of God. Like John 1, 1 was saying, the word is alive. It was with God. It is with God. And it, went, and it came to earth, and now it's back with God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the living word. So once we get the concept that the written word of God, when it's fulfilled in our lives, when, when God starts speaking through it, that's when it becomes the rhema. Mm -hmm. And the rhema is where the power is. Mm -hmm. The logos has power as well. But once we know what the context is saying, once we know how to apply that to our life, because Jesus already fulfilled it. If one of the, the things he told the Pharisees was, I have not come to destroy the law. He was talking about the Bible uh, or the Old Testament. I have not come to destroy. I have come to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. And once Jesus died and said it was finished, that's when it was fulfilled. So all the promises and 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 truths and protection and Everything that he said, he proved through the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So that's how the logos and the rim have come together. And I think that's a great point um, to then share what point number two is, which is hope is found in the word of God. Because, as you mentioned, because Jesus it, it fulfilled the word, every um, everything written from Genesis up to um, the last book in the Old Testament. I just went blank on what it is. Hold on, let me look at my Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I know it's before Matthew because Matthew starts the New Testament to Malachi. <laughs> so from Jesus to Malachi, everything that we see in the lives of, of the Israelites, you know, just the people, just even the, the, the Gentiles. I mean, mostly, you know, God writes about the Israelites because they're the chosen people of God. But the promises that he's given God, the, the verses that we can quote in the Old Testament, 
all of that is is a promise that we can hold on to that we know it to be truth that we know it to be evidence that if that god did it for them he can do it for us and then that's where that hope comes in Mm -hmm. and then also going back to and connecting that jesus being the word that god was speaking of we have our hope because we have our hope in jesus and and it all goes back to jesus and that's something that you know we were talking about last sunday in our home is bringing it back to jesus is something that you and i mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pointing to pastor dennis that you know he and i we were connecting over um my want to say monday night you know and not diverting from everything that's going on in the world but pointing people back to jesus because that's what it's all about Definitely, you know, and and I um, uh, I shared this on Sunday that uh, this week the Lord really just kind of ministered um, to me, and uh, and and what what I what I I I feel is you know we've we've put our hope and trust in a in 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 a man or a woman, we put our hope and trust in say a politician. Um, I I know. Um, uh, the Lord placed upon my heart this week that you know we're living in the times like where Jesus lived, where people were putting their hope in a politician and they thought the Messiah would be coming, save them politically, not save them um, eternally, and uh, they totally neglected and they missed Jesus and all of it. and And a lot of times we go through through life and we put our hope in 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 you know say a, a candidate that's running for election or we or sometimes we put our hope in our our finances because. You know, one day we like to retire, you know, and for the young ones, we're, we're probably going to retire at 80 or 90, go from, from the workstation to the coffin. But, um, <laughs> you know, we all try to go and we, we're preparing for our future, you know, and, and, and the whole thing is we're going to have enough money to retire. And if we're putting our hope and trust in those objects, that's going to fail us. What happens if, 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 you know, the financial markets melt down again right before we retire, you know, the, the, if that was our hope, uh, that hope's gone. You know, and so we have to understand that that hope is only found in the word of God. Like Nathaniel said earlier, that that that's where we find uh, that's where we find Jesus at. That's where we find every aspect um, uh, of God is in his word. And that's where our hope needs to be founded on, because man and woman will totally uh, leave us hopeless because we're, we're we're human beings and we fell. Right. You know, and to that point, I, when, I know when uh, Sister Nathaniel said when she bring up the Old Testament, I like to I like to bring up Elijah. And I I, I know I said this before in a previous episode or um but when, when when I'm reading through Kings and I'm reading through Chronicles and when you go through Elijah's life, do you and you read through Kings and Chronicles, do you know how many how many kings of Israel there were that Elijah had to appoint because they weren't listening to God. They weren't applying the logos. Mm-hmm. But but yeah when but but Elijah outlived all of them because he was applying the logos in his life, and he was using the rim or rima, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, to you know guide the Israelites, even though they weren't faithful to God. You know, Elijah was there interceding for them, and that's what that's what we really have to look at. Elijah, Elijah knew the hope, or he had hope in God and the logos that so he can guide him throughout his life. Yeah, like 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 you were saying, you know, um, 
Matthew 24, 35 says it perfectly. You know, heaven and earth will disappear, but my my words will, will never disappear. You know, my words will remain. And that's one thing when you brought up Elijah, you know, he had that hope. Regardless of who you're who you're reading through the Bible, but just to your example, he outlived, I believe it was almost almost fourteen kings mm-hmm. that he appointed. He he outlived all of them and, and he and he didn't die at the end. God, you know, um brought him up to heaven. But we see that he had that hope, like you were saying, mm-hmm. in God's word. Mm-hmm. Because God's word remained the same. You know, if you, like you were saying, when you read through the Old Testament, when you read through the Torah, when you read through the everything that's going leading up to the New Testament, you see time and time again that God had ha made one promise. God made one promise. And even though tribulations came, even though slavery came, even though his children were disobedient or but um, they always found hope in God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you said the, uh, the logos, but the rhema. God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a father of many mm-hmm. nations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he was 100 and his wife was 90 mm-hmm. that they ended up having their first kid. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, if you read the story, um, Abraham had a kid before that, but it wasn't through God's promise. Yeah. It was through other means. A hundred years. Mm-hmm. But God's words spoke or was spoken and he had hope. You see, and that's one thing that we really do need today. Like Pastor was going to, it's dangerous to look at a politician mm-hmm. to lead us. It's dangerous to look at any man, a, a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, a leader, a friend, to come and give you that hope. Because the next powerful politician, the next, if you guys don't know, at the end of the book, the next politician is going to be the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, the person that's going to come and bring oneness is going to bring mm-hmm. that that hope. Mm-hmm. You know, quotation marks, you guys yeah. can't see it, but that yeah. hope, that togetherness is going to be the Antichrist. And, you mm-hmm. know, Jesus talks a, a, about it in, in, in Matthew um, uh, 24, um, where, where he, he goes on and, and, he, and he talks about the, the end times. And we know, that we know what the Antichrist is. The Antichrist is going to deceive a lot of people, um, Christians for that matter, and people are going to follow the Antichrist. And and turn on their their Christian brethren and, and sister, and um, uh, that's big, you know. And, and and us as Christians, when you think about it, us as Christians, we we're I I, I like the old um, clothing line that that um, uh, not of this world. Uh, uh, I think it was clothing line bun- bumper sticker, whatever it was. And you see, not of this world, none of this world. Well, we're not we're not a part of we're not of this world, but we're a part of this world. We have to uh, uh, live. In this world, and we start to operate. So we can't, we can't be earthly minded. We need to be heavenly minded, and that's where our hope, you know, resides in. Because anything in earth shall pass away, but everything in in heaven is is eternal. And I love how C.S. Lewis. I shared this on Sunday. Um, uh, wrote it, and uh, he says, "Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think." a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. We're, we're supposed to be uh, looking towards the, the, the afterlife. That, that's that's, that's um, uh, our ultimate destination. But he goes on and he goes, it does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is, so don't check out of this world. You know, Still live your life. And it says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present 
world were just those who thought most of the next, meaning the people, the, the the ones who, who who had an impact on the world around them today, um, uh, had an impact because they knew what the final destination um, was, which was eternity with with Jesus, or let's be real, eternity in hell, and because they kept what. Um, who what, what they, they, their thoughts were 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 on the next, um, and they it, they they highly regarded the next in life. Uh, they did so much on earth here now in the now, um, and that's important for us to live by because again, hope, you know, as hope do our hope is founded in in one day hearing those words of you know, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, but that doesn't mean we sit idle and do anything. Nor does it mean that we just lose lose the hope uh, because it's something that we're going to eventually encounter. We we have the hope because of our where our eternal life is at, and because we have that hope, we need to share that hope with the world around us because they are desperately looking for hope. A lot of people are looking for hope, but they're also looking for truth. Yeah, and that's the thing is is I think it was uh, we were listening to Pastor Stephen Furtick this morning, and he was like. The thing is, is the thing what we think to be true in in our own selves, what we think is our own truth, because really isn't true. And and I thought about that, and I was like, you know what, everybody that that's where that's the reason why we have so many disagreements. You know, if if you try to talk to someone and just have a conversation, you know, nobody sees eye to eye anymore because everybody believes that what they know to be true is their own truth. And we can't stand on our own truth. We need to stand on God's truth. And um, so point number three is truth is the foundation. I'm sorry. Truth is found in the word of God. And that's how we can check it. You know, check it. If somebody says something, check it. How does it stand up against the word of God? And I know with, with everything, you know, going on as far as, you know, the elections coming up, but one thing that you know my husband and I have talked about is how does this topic weigh to the word of God? How does this topic weigh with the word of God? How does this weigh with the word of God? And and that's how we are managing, you know, w- how and 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 what we vote for. Because yes, it's everybody's God-given right to vote and we encourage everyone to vote. But when you vote, weigh it and 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 check it up against the word of God. You know, if it doesn't align with God's principles, if it doesn't align with God's heart, then it's contrary to the word of God and that it should not be the way to vote. And so um, I know that uh, Psalms 119.60, it says the very essence of, of your word, of your words is truth. All of your just regulations will stand forever. And that's powerful because as, as you know, you guys were mentioning Elijah and how he outstood all of the kings. And the reason why is because he measured up to the word of God. You know, and the things in our life that are going to, that are going to continue to, to, uh, to move on, you know, it's because it, it measures up with the word of God. We were talking with one of the, the sisters after church on Sunday, and 
she was saying, you know, she was just comparing her life and and she kind of shared a little bit of her testimony with me and I was like, whoa, like she has a powerful testimony. But everything up until now, it's it's withstand it. Her marriage is withstand it, your relationship with her family, with her kids, because now God, the truth, the word of God is in the forefront of her family, of her life. And and we can apply that principle to anything. And it really goes back by having that plumb line is is going back to like you said the word of God. Um in, in really the Rima and the logos, you know, where we were here, um people say, Well God told me this and that was that's contrary to the written word of God. If it's contrary to the written word of God, then you know what? That's not a Rima. That's that's a a Bob or a Susie word of God. You know, it was it wasn't it's not 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 a, a a rhema it was it's not a, a spoken word of God. And and I, I've I hate you know to bring this up, but it does happen. We see parking lot prophets where someone will come in and in 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 a, in a when we say parking lot prophet is someone in a parking lot, not per se parking lot, could be a corner of the church or whatever, brings you over and say, Hey, listen, God has a word from for, for you and I'm gonna share it with you, but nobody else. And and that word doesn't align with the word of God. Um, uh, where's the truth at? Where is the absolute truth? There has to be always an absolute truth. And, and what we've done in society really is we've opened up the door for shaky ground and, and there's no absolute anymore. There always has to be absolute truth. You know, it's kind of like taking that, you know, the, everyone knows the answers were in the back of the math book, you know, growing up, you know, you take the answers out and you make your own and you put your own answers in there. That's not absolute truth because the absolute truth is what's what's tried and true, what's proven, what is 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 the rock. You know, it is that straight and narrow line. You know, and 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 what we've done, as as the word says, a narrow the pathway to, to heaven, basically, and 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 the 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 gateway to hell is wide open. And what we've done is we've we've kind of made the 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 absolute truth a curvature. And it's not curvature. It's it's a straight, absolute straight line, and and that that straight line is the word of God. Yeah, you're right, Pastor. You know, the truth will set you free. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in there. You know, speaking about the truth. But you know, and that's right. You know, I I I try to instill this in my in the youth group so much is that you need to learn or need to read the Bible for yourself because mm -hmm. essentially. You could come across anybody, a preacher or, um, you know, a youth pastor since they're young um, that can literally say anything and apply it any way they want to. But that's not what we have to ha do. We have to have our own relationship, our own foundation in Christ in order to grow, in order to become, you know, this great, th this great person in Christ. Because when we have that foundation, then we know right from wrong. You know, we can battle Satan as Jesus did. We can battle those um those kings or um you know those other gods, quotation marks, small g gods as Elijah did. So we can become, you know, more powerful in Christ. Yeah, and you know, one of my favorite quotes that I like saying is I can do all things through a scripture out of context. <laughs> you know, that's what we see a lot today. You know, it, it, it's true. Uh, a a pastor or um, other people will, um, or anyone, you know, like a, a, a sidewalk prophet mm -hmm. will come off and 
will really be like, you know, um, I used it last week during my sermon. Um, one of the most misquoted scriptures mm -hmm. is is related to offering. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's, you know, whatever you give, you shall receive pressed down, shaken together and overflowing. Well, when you read the context of that scripture, it has nothing to do with money. There's nowhere in that chapter talks about giving at all or tithing to the church. Mm -hmm. It all, all that scripture really talks about when you read the full chapter, it talks about judging others mm -hmm. and whatever, uh, um, whatever um, line that you hold that person to is the same judgment that you're going to get. But it's going to be double pressed down, shaken together and overflowing on you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we do that. I um, like me and my brother, we teach youth together. And I always tell the youth and pastor knows this, that um, like Alex said, we emphasize read the Bible for yourself mm -hmm. and I tell your son all the time it doesn't matter if your dad's preaching it doesn't matter if your mom it doesn't matter what we're saying if it rather you know it if it's a, um, um, a, a pastor that's on TV if it's, a, if it's a church you go and visit you have to know what the word of God says for yourself because anyone can just throw something out there mm -hmm. you know and, and you can believe it mm -hmm. there's a lot of churches nowadays and Jesus warned about that in Matthew chapter 7 that there's going to be um, when he was giving the Sermon on the Mount that there's going to be false prophets there's going to be false teachers and there's going to be people using my name out of context mm -hmm. we see it in acts paul encountered these people that that they used the name of jesus to try to to try to cast out demons and the demons just looked and laughed because they didn't know the word of god and they didn't know the truth you see, all three of these points really relate together. There's power in the name. It's a spiritual power. It's hope. And it's also truth. Mm -hmm. You know, none of these things are separate. Without the logos, without the rima, they're two different words. And we, I mean, it sounds repetitive, but it's true. Yeah. And it's so repetitive because we forget it. Mm -hmm. But just because we forget, that's why we, we don't have hope. We don't find the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, and I want to emphasize we have to, have to, have to, because there is a great deception coming in, and, and it's already here. Mm -hmm. You know, people do not want to hear the sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. You know, people can't even sit across from each other who are voting differently, mm -hmm. or even, not. it doesn't even have to come to that. I'm just using that because it's the nearest example, yeah. or people who, who um, um, you see, like, everything has a divide now. Mm -hmm. There's anti-vaxxers or mm -hmm. people who, who like vaccines, right? There's always this divide. Mm -hmm. But what does the Bible say? That's our plumb line. Mm -hmm. You gave the example of, of when you were laying, laying floor mm -hmm. and how you have to find the, the, uh, the truest, straightest line in the house mm -hmm. and everything else will fit in. Yep. Well, the true straightest line I I is, th is the word of God, yeah. and that's built on Jesus Christ it's and God himself. The words that were spoken, the words that were written down is our plumb line. Mm -hmm. Anything else will either fall out off the side or everything else will, will, will stay true. So no matter what, no matter what, we have to know where the truth is found. And the truth is only found in one place, mm -hmm. and that's the word of God. The word of God find it interesting in, in we'll wrap it up in in acts 2 um verse 37 38 well we, we know the story it's the day of pentecost and um we, we know that there was uh over three thousand that was added to the number of believers that day and 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 peter um brought forth the word and it was the the word of truth and the the truth uh quoting from mr alec here will set you free you know when you think about that you know and uh, uh, you know, of course, we make light of it, but in reality, what it is 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 really what what sets a captive free. What takes off the blinders from people's eyes? What what 
um, uh, allows them to move in hope. It's sharing the truth. And we see that Peter did that uh, uh, in Acts 20, uh, Acts 2 and 37, 38. Uh, and, and the response was, was, what shall we do? You know, how, how do we get us eternal life? And, and, and Peter replied, he said, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and what I find this interesting is, is, is Peter wasn't preaching from a, a Bible or a scroll. You know, he was preaching from what he experienced in the life of Jesus, which was and is the absolute truth in our lives. And, and how, what kind of impact did that have on the people around? We see that people were saved from it. Uh, when truth is spoken, people are saved. And, and that's one thing we have to understand as Christians is that is our purpose, is to, to, to fulfill the Great Commission, is to go out and, and win souls, to, to um, show people the love of Christ. And how do we show people the love of Christ? Showing them the truth. That's if, I, if we didn't love, then at that point we, we, we can say whatever we want because we, didn't, we don't care, we don't love. But it's when, because we love that we share the truth with the only agenda of getting people saved and having an impact on their lives. And so we encourage you throughout um, the, the next week, the next weeks to come, and, and uh, depending, you know, who knows what, what life will look like in, I mean, it's 2020, for goodness sakes, but <laughs> who knows what life it will be in, in a week, two weeks, a month, you know, a year, whatever it may be. Um, and, and we need to share the truth as believers. It is our job to, to share that truth. We have an obligation to do so. You like to close us in prayer? Sure, I would love to. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for just the so many meanings of your word, Father God, in our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that as as these words have been spoken, that they would ring true in our hearts. I pray that they would um, really have a spiritual impact in our lives, Lord Father God, and in the lives of those around us, Father. Help us to be um, effective in in how we we see your word, how we read your word, but also how we speak your word, Lord, in this week to come. Father God, I pray that you would bless every listener, um, put a hedge of protection over them and their family, and we just thank you for the opportunity to share your word through this podcast. We give you the praise, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on our weekly deep dive on Elevate Foundation through the Word of God. If uh, this um, podcast has blessed you, uh, please do us a few, a, a couple things. First of all, uh, share it with a friend. Um, also, you can tune us in every Sunday at 10 a.m. Also, a rebroadcast at 7 p.m. on Saturday, on Sundays and also on Wednesday evenings at specific standard time. Uh, you can reach us through facebook.com slash visit new life cc as in community church that's cc visit new life cc also um, uh, through facebook you can find us uh, by searching new life community church and uh, finding us through that way as well we do have an app church app that uh, also will give you all um, uh, options to um, 
uh, view us and also listen to our podcast. If you need that app, you can uh, send us a text message just with the word app to 909-992-1588. That same number, if you ever, if you need prayer, um, we would love to come alongside with you and pray with you. You can do so again by texting uh, your prayer request or give us a call. Leave us a message. Phone number is 909-992-1588. You can also send us a email at visitnewlifecc at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you would like to support our ministry, uh, you can text the word GIVE to one 414-0165. You can give a one-time or a reoccurring donation. Uh, thank you very much for tuning us in. Catch us next week as we elevate foundation through prayer. God bless you.